Hey, what's up, everyone? I hope everyone is doing well. I know it's been a while since I put up a podcast. Um, I was just going to talk about my first nursing job today um, as an RN, and I thought it was a really interesting experience. I know I talked a little bit about searching for a job uh, after you get your nursing license and you take your boards and you graduated from school, but this is pretty much my first experience getting um, a nursing job. Well, I ended up getting hired um, at a private, it was a private company, I ended up getting hired there, and the specialty that I was working in was psychiatry. Uh, this had, I'm trying to think of how many units it had, four or five, it had like, it had five units, it had an ICU, um, it had like an intensive care area, it had one that was strictly for detoxing, military, another one that was more aimed towards the geriatric um, and your standard patient. And there was another one that was like adolescent. Um, and there was one that was um, that was um, straight up uh, military um, patients. And so for my first nursing job, okay, I remember I don't have any nursing experience, never been a nurse before. Well, my first nursing job, I ended up getting hired as a charge nurse. Yeah, right. How does that happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happens. It happens when it happens when they need people and they're and you know they're just in a desperate need to hire someone i'm assuming that's why um but every rn that was there um they were hiring they were hiring nothing but charge nurses and then we had our med nurse uh, our med nurse which would either be an lvn or it'd be an rn depending on the shift that you work you could either be charged or you can be the med nurse uh doing the passes and doing all the medications and the reason they did this is because you were in charge of 20 something patients. Okay. So you have 20 something patients. You have some, you have some floor care, which is like two people for 20 something patients, all acutely, all acutely ill. And when I say ill, I mean like acutely psychotic delusional. Um, a lot of them or a lot of the patients that we had on some of the units were very aggressive, violent, um, it was, it was a struggle, dude. It was like, I would call it the battlegrounds. Everyone that's, that's, um, done some training at the place that I've been to. It was like the battlegrounds. We didn't have the, we didn't have the luxury either of having a Pixis. So we did not have, we did not have a dispensing machine that would dispense your meds and it would be listed by the patient's name, their number. And then it shows like a list of medications that are due. No, we did not have that. We were doing that old school style. Um, if you pass out um, a controlled medication, you have to count it, document it, flag it because you have to come back to it later. And then you have to chart the response with a freaking pen. Okay. And the reason I'm saying that is because, dude, it wastes so much time. It's not efficient. It wastes freaking time. I can't tell you how much I enjoy technology. And I think it's bullshit that a lot of places still want to save money but it's not safe and it's not efficient to be using to to be using um or i i feel like it's it's um i feel like it's not not efficient okay this is all personal opinion you guys all this stuff is fictional um you know i just gotta make sure i got my disclaimer up in there um but it's just dude there's so many things that can go wrong um you know you got 20 something patients you're the med nurse you're passing meds you have four or five people run it rolling up on you um you know you got to make sure you don't have your back to them because you don't know what can happen you have to keep your med cart next to you you have like 
how many different folders and binders in front of you, a pencil, and you're counting these controlled medications. Then you're looking for, you know, you're identifying the patient with their ID bracelet, and then you're repeating it back to them, making sure that it's them so they're not getting someone else's uh, controlled med. Um, and then you're going, <laughs> then after you do that, you know, you're, you're asking them what their freaking pain level is or what whatever is. And then you're documenting that, you know, you're going to that patient's chart and you're flipping open to it and then you're documenting that and then you give it to them and then you watch them. And then if it's a medication that needs to have blood pressure monitored, you're monitoring that at the same time while you're going back and forth in the chart. I'm telling you, it's a pain in the ass. And then you have to figure out and then you have to do a PRN response. Okay. So you're still doing your med pass. You have 20 patients. You barely just got done with your stuff. And it's already 45 minutes to an hour into the med pass. And now you got to go track down the patients that have received the PRN and you got to ask them if it was effective and what your pain level is now. Okay. We do this. You're opening it up again. You're making sure that you're making sure you're on the right patients chart. You're identifying them again. Cause you know, if you have 20 patients and you only work a set amount of days a week, you're not going to remember who everyone is. Me, I didn't take that risk. I was like, nope, I don't find out. Make sure I know who this person is. That way I'm not giving them the wrong meds. Okay. So it takes a lot of time. It's really time consuming. And yes, you can get really fast at it. Um, but it's a pain in the ass. It's not, it's, it wasn't, I did not find it efficient. It was just annoying. It was, it was extremely annoying. Um, and so I had to learn that. Okay. I never did that during clinicals. Okay. Um, when I did my clinicals, we had a Pixis. We, there was some places that we did clinicals at, or I did clinicals at that had some paper charting, but it wasn't this bad, dude. It wasn't this bad. And there weren't that many patients. Um, that would be to one nurse. It wasn't like 20 patients to one nurse. It was like what, six patients to one nurse. And that's freaking manageable dude on a med surge unit. That's manageable, but 20 patients with some of them have like 10 or 12 different medications, blood pressure meds. Um, some of them were on like, um, some of them were on, um, some of them needed inhalers. Some of them were on antibiotics. Some of them were actually on, um, on HIV meds. And remember if you, if, your patients on those HIV meds, you need to make sure that you get those meds to them at the same time every day, as close as you can. Okay. Um, and it was, and I got, so the, in, in an ideal world and you're training for a job and you're training for your first nursing job, it would be awesome if you were allowed to have as much time as you needed and you had someone precepting you and shadowing you. Okay. There are jobs that do that, but this job wasn't like that. Okay. I'm reading what I'm describing is not like that. Um, you got seven days, seven days to understand the charting system. You had seven days to understand how to be a charge nurse. You got seven days and this isn't like seven, seven and seven. No, it's like seven days to learn how to do, um, med nurse on the days that you're going to be med nurse. And then you got seven days and then you have the same seven days. Um, that sort of split up where you're trained to be a charge nurse, taking admits, uh, taking orders, making calls, assessments, blah, 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 dude. It was, it was a mess. It is so freaking terrifying because it's like, okay, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. I don't know what's supposed to happen. I don't, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. It's, you know, during my clinicals, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I didn't, you know, the nurse was the one that would call the doctor, you know, so I'm calling the doctor for the first time. 
um, and I'm trying to get orders. I'm trying to give them like a quick history. Um, and you know, when I receive, you know, when I receive report from a person regarding a patient, um, it's sort of hard, even though they're explaining it to you and they're trying to give you the S bar, it's really hard to, it's really hard to gauge because you don't want to leave out, you, you don't want to miss any crucial information. Um, and I'm saying this from a provider perspective, like you don't want to miss any crucial inf information. Well, I don't, cause I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to miss any crucial information. Cause you know, if you prescribe something and that person, that person's like allergic to it, you know what I mean? Um, I had a, I had a patient that was on, uh, I had a patient that was on, um, a now inhibitor and, uh, they were, I forgot what it was. It was something with like dietary and it was like a huge mess. And then her husband brought her beef jerky because she likes it and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know, aren't you on a mal inhibitor? Um, and, you know, she didn't care. Um, she just wanted her food. She just wanted to eat. She just wanted something that she liked. Um, and the doctor went ahead and um, ordered it anyways. Um, and this was a new patient that just came in and it's not their fault. You know, it's the doctors sometimes don't have information in front of them to thoroughly go through. Okay. You guys got to understand that. Um, it, it's, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. I was always getting out late. Okay. I was always, you know how they tell you, don't be late. You can't you can get in trouble if you do overtime, dude. I had no choice because you don't want to leave your patient's charting empty. You want to make sure you complete that charting and you don't want to be, oh, I'm going to get back to it. No, dude, if it, you need to make sure you chart it then and there, and then you go home. Okay. Um, and then if you get like a laugh, oh my gosh. And if it's like, and an admit, a normal admit, an admit in an admit working psych is different than an admit on a med search on a med search floor a tele floor and ed blah 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 it's way different because you actually have to take the time to sit there talk to them try to break you know try to break into that good rapport with them so you can gather more information um, because you want them to trust you for their care you need to sort of play detective and pull what info you can and then at times you have to talk to the family um gathering more information they have to talk to the doctor related relate to the doctor regarding all this information which is like a full-on you know history and essay um yeah it, it it can be really it can be really difficult oh my gosh this is part two i am so sorry i clicked on stopping the recording i thought it would pause it even though it says stop recording um but yeah it is very difficult to be able to to be able to do all that stuff and have enough time. It feels like an admit would take you like an hour, um, even 45 minutes, you know, 35 minutes if you're super fast. Um, but then even then you're still not getting enough. You can even do one in 25 minutes if you wanted, but you're not going to gather all the information that you need. And a lot of times that information can be crucial because um, you want to miss any medications they were on, previous medication history, um, any any underlying um, medical illnesses that they might have. Um, you want to know if there's like trauma that the patient had before, because you don't want to, obviously you don't want to trigger that trauma while you, you don't want to open up a can of worms by saying something that can trigger them. Um, and so you got to be very, very cautious of that. So it was actually really tough. Um, the shifts that we did were eight hour shifts um, on the unit. And I 
definitely don't like eight hour shifts. I hate eight hour shifts before I used to be like, how the hell can everyone do 10 and 12s? Yo, my question is how the fuck can everyone do eight hour shifts? That is bullshit. I, you know, you're exhausted after a 12 hour shift, but I'll tell you this much, you know, that time that you spent to work. Cause my job was, my job was about 45 minutes away from me. Yeah. It was, you know, that's the, the, that's another bad part about having your first nursing job. You don't really get a choice as far as location goes. You can, but then you're passing up job opportunities. And who knows, like, what if you don't get hired at these places that you want to apply to that are close to where you're living? So I took the job that accepted me. Um, and I ended up passing up a job to do that instead of a job um, at the emergency department at the hospital because I had this moral thing. When they called me back, I already accepted the job at this at this facility, you know, at this private facility. Um, and when I got called back from the hospital after my interview, um, it was a couple of, it was like maybe like a week later or a week and a half later after I already accepted the job and I was already doing training um, at the new, at the new job. And I ended up going by morals and I'm like, no, you know what? This, this other place gave me a, gave me my foot in the door and they believed in me and that's why they hired me. Oh man, <laughs> you know what though? It got me exposed to um, this special. It got me exposed to the psychiatric specialty or to the psych, the psych behavioral health field, which you know now I really enjoy it. So you know I'm, I'm not mad over anything. I'm, I have no regrets. And for those of you out there um, that used to say, because um, I know that this was a big thing before, um, a lot of the students that were in my class would always say shit like they would always be like, or other nurses that I knew, they'd be like, no, once you get stuck working at a sniff, you're stuck at, you know, it's hard to get a job anywhere. Or once you get stuck working in psych, it's hard to get a job anywhere. You can't, you have to stay in psych. You know, you can't get a job in the ED. Oh, well, that's bullshit. That's complete bullshit. Because what I learned after doing this for so many damn years, um, you know, you might not have the skill set. And as I said, in some of the other podcasts that, you know, you learn it, but you don't use it, so you lose it, and you just got to refresh yourself. And then, you know, as you start to work in that field, you start to become more confident and you start to remember everything. And then you start to understand it a lot more. And then you just use that skill set specifically for that population that you're working with or for that specialty that you're working with. Um, but they, but from the emergency departments um, that I've seen, yo, they love psych. They freaking love psych. Okay, I'm not just trying to be biased or anything, but the reason that they enjoy psych and the reason that they love psych nurses and that it's actually a lot easier to get a job or it's not. I'm not going to say it's a lot easier because it's still hard to get a job. It's still hard to get, you know, a job in a hospital, in their emergency department or in their ICU because, you know, everyone's competing for that job. Everyone wants to go into a hospital because most of them have new grad programs where if you go in, if you go into that, they give you this bomb ass training that could be like a month. You freaking go over everything with you so you don't feel like like so you feel competent when you're doing everything they don't just throw you in there with seven days of training expect you to know everything and know what to do in you know in bad situations um they actually train you and you get benefits you get all that good stuff you get a good work environment i mean obviously you're not going to enjoy you know every single thing about it but it's it's nice okay um but yeah so <laughs> As I was as I was saying a little bit earlier, it's 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 a lot. 
it's a lot different and the exposure was the exposure was really really good doing this job um i really liked those i really liked i really like you know doing long shifts and i didn't like those eight hour shifts because you know the like i drove you know 45 minutes you guys might be in la if you're in la when i say 45 minutes i don't mean five miles away okay and you guys know what i'm talking about if you're from la um you, you know it, it, I, la people they just <laughs> i noticed that la people like to describe how far away something is by the time by the um by the time they don't ever do miles and i never understood that until I started going to LA all the time and I'd hear everyone say it. Finally, it occurred to me, if I tell you I'm 10 miles away, you know, I'll be there in a few, that doesn't tell me shit because I can't say it's like being here where I am, where there's not a lot of traffic, there's not a lot of side roads, um, there's not a lot of congestion where if I tell you 10 minutes, that means I'm probably about, you know, 12 miles away, 13 miles away and I'll be there, you know. Um, if you say that in LA, <laughs> And you say I'm 12 miles, 12 miles away. First thing I'ma think is, yo, you know, if you're 12 miles away, you're gonna be here in an, like in an hour. <laughs> You'll be here in 45 minutes to 50 minutes, okay? Um, just because it's like it, it's that bad. And when I would drive to work, um, I I drive a I was driving before, um, I was driving a gas guzzler. It was my only car. Um, I'll tell you this right now. I don't like gas guzzlers. I hate gas guzzling cars. I'm not an eco. I'm not all about, um, you know, the economy thing where I need to get the best gas mileage in the world. But that was the biggest waste of money because I found myself driving to work five days a week, 45 minutes, which is for me, it's like, it's like 37, 38 miles away. I'm putting mileage on my car. I'm wasting time driving there. And if I hit traffic, that that 45 minutes turns into an hour and 45 minutes i'm not even kidding you and so when you calculate that during the time you go to work you know i add up even if i get good traffic or if i get like you know i don't hit any traffic there's no traffic i'm still wasting an hour of my life in an hour of my time driving to work okay yo that's five that's five hours no that's oh that's probably like eight eight or nine hours a week additional but that i'm not getting paid for that i'm driving my ass over there to that location um i guess it would have been better if it, it was a job that like you know paid a lot had freaking huge benefits no dude i got i got i didn't make a lot okay i was under the average of what rns make here in california like way under um to me it was a lot because remember i came from working these retail jobs um and so i was like man this is a lot of money but no it wasn't a lot of money okay it wasn't a lot of money and the reason i'll tell you that it wasn't a lot of money is because if you drove a car that was 16 miles a gallon you were pretty much you're pretty much getting you're pretty much paying 300 um here in cali 300 if you're using premium or during that time i was spending 375 um every month on filling up my damn tank for gas to get to work. Yo, that that means that that's non-existent, okay? That's non-existent money because it's already going towards something. Um, so I was pretty upset over that. And then I ended up buying another car that was um, that saved a lot of gas and it was fun to drive. So no, like the other car either, but it was better than driving um, I mean, gas guzzling car. Thank goodness I didn't freaking opt for like a, like a Camaro or a fucking Mustang, dude. Like, fuck that, I'm sorry, bro. 
Um, <clears throat> one of the biggest things I learned, one of the biggest things I learned um, during the time that, during the time that I was, um, I was starting to work and I had a career and I was like, yo, you know, let's freaking do this. I'm going to start, I'm going to start, you know, saving. Um, I realized that when you start to buy things and you start to buy expensive things, like I had coworkers, I didn't buy like the car I bought. It wasn't super expensive. It was just a fun little beater car. It was like, well, it wasn't a beater car. It was a new car, but it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, you know? Um, and it wasn't they, the first choice that I wanted for car, but I didn't want to spend a lot. And I wasn't trying to be too cheap, but I didn't want to be crazy and be like, yo, I'm going to spend, I'm, you know, I'm going to get a freaking Skyline. No, fuck that, dude. And, you know, I can't live in my car. I want to save for a house. Um, my coworkers uh, that also just, you know, one, you know, a couple of them that recently got a job as well, um, they went big. They bought a, they bought a brand new Infinity. Um, they they bought a G thirty seven, they fucking fixed it up and here's the thing they worked a lot of hours they picked up extra shifts, um, all their money like a lot not all their money a lot of their money went to their fucking car their car payment okay, a lot of their money went to their car payment and the reason I was like you know and that's cool if you enjoy it that's that's completely fine but for me, I was like yo you're gonna like you know I was thinking about it you buy a really you buy really nice things, to spoil yourself. And then what does it mean when you can't use those things? And what I'm saying is he bought this car. He's picking up shifts because he wants to pay off his car early because he doesn't want that huge car note here. He, you know, he was like, the person loves their car, but they're just like, dude, this is, you, know, you can tell that it was getting, it was expensive, um, especially with the mods and stuff that he was doing to it. And he bought it brand new. You know, I don't even know if the guy talked down the price, you know, if he was trying to work it. Um, but now you're at your job you bought this brand new car you have it all fixed up it's super quick it's it's modified it's a blast to drive and then you're at work okay your car is sitting in front of your job at work for the next eight hours of your shift and then you know you're going to work five days a week and if you're picking up extra shifts you're working six days a week seven days a week or you're doing a double where you know, you just don't have, you just go home and you sleep and you just go right back to work. Um, and you don't have time to enjoy it. Like, damn, they, I'm, I'm like thinking about it right now. It makes me anxious just thinking about that. But I mean, your, your brand new car is sitting in front. Dude, cars don't gain, they don't gain, they don't appreciate, okay? They don't appreciate, um, I don't give a shit what you own. The only exception, <laughs> the only exception uh, is, is right now with, the whole shortage of chips and you know the deficit of you know car part or of um parts being shipped from china and manufacturers not being able to supply enough okay that you know you can sell like a used car and get like another three or four thousand over what it's actually valued at for a used beat up car okay i understand that but most cars don't appreciate in value and i was like man i ain't gonna do that um so I did, I did this job and there were just so many, um, there were just so many incidences where I was just so uncertain of myself, no matter what I studied, no matter when I was like reviewing books, asking people, like there were things that I would ask, you know, my coworkers that were there forever and they could not, they could not give me a definite answer. And I'm that person that really likes to have an answer for something. Um, not trying to be annoying, but then I would like to know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And, you know, 
what are the risks of doing it and what are the benefits of doing it and what can happen if you do it wrong and how to avoid it. You now, some people are like, no, nah, just go do it. And, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Yo, when you're, when you're working, when you're working as a nurse and it's your first job um, and you know that the care of someone is in your hands, you know, it's not like being in clinicals, dude. It's completely different because in clinicals, you're not under your own license. Everything you worked for is not on the line. You know, it's the nurse that took you. It's the nurse, you know, and your um, it's your nurse, your clinical instructor, your school that has like part of the responsibility. But when you're working on your own, this is your responsibility. So, you know, I was like paranoid. I was like, you know, I need to make sure I'm doing this right. Um, there was one night where this freaked me out. Um, I was I was med nurse. And, um, you know, we had those carts. And remember I told you we have to count everything. Dude, there was one night where there were like 30 controlled meds that were missing on my cart. Okay. And I was freaking out. And I was like, what the hell is going on? One, a freaking coworker could have stolen it. Two, a patient could have gotten it. Three, a freaking, you know, someone else might have just fucking taken it. Or I, I might have, I don't know, you know. It could have been anything. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, yo, this is fucking not cool. And then so I told my charge nurse and she came and they have to count with you, you know, and at the end of the night, you do a count, the nurse. So you do a count, the charge nurse does a count or the, the supervisor does a count. And then the oncoming nurse does a count with you to make sure that it's correct. And they have to count it. You have to count it. And supervisor counts it to make sure that everything's correct. Yo, my, my, mine was missing i don't know how, what the fuck happened and i was freaking out well lo and behold pharmacy came in and they fucking they ended up removing meds from my fucking cart not fucking telling me um and then they forgot to put it back because they were doing some count in the back okay then i had my supervisor <clears throat> on my ass and she was like and it was like the most nerve-wracking shit in the world and actually made me feel really uncomfortable because it was like there was one point where my supervisor was like, okay, no one's in here right now. I'm going to ask you, did you take the meds? And I was like, the fuck? One, that's fucked up because, you know, there's like no trust. Two, it made me feel like I was incompetent. And I was already, you know, I was already like, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is going on? And then third, you know, it was fucking pharmacy that fucked it up. And so, you know, that wouldn't have happened, you know, if there was a fucking Pixis. Okay. Um, the hardest part, uh, one of the hardest things about working in paper charting is reading the damn handwriting from the providers or from other nurses. Okay. Um, if you're lucky, you get one of those nurses that, you know, writes in really clear, clean handwriting and they use nice little bubbly letters. And if they're really, really nice, they're going to put like a little heart at, and dot it with for their eyes with a little heart and stuff. And they make it look all nice and it's easy to read. Or then you have those you have those providers that will write an order. And it looks like, I shit you not, it looks like a fucking, it looks like someone took a pen, a pen and went from left to right and just barely and went, tried to make a straight line. And just slightly went up and down a few fucking a few mil a few a few mil uh, millimeters, okay? 
And so you're looking at this cursive and you're like, dude, I can't fucking read this shit. And then you come across those nurses that have been there so long. They're like, I know what that is. You know, that I know what that I know what medication that is. That's lisinopril. Lisinopril. And they're like fucking reading it, dude. Like, like they can read this foreign language. <clears throat> and it sucks because if you're the person that's doing the um, if you're transcribing and you're trying to put it into the MAR um, from the doctor's orders. It is just time consuming to try to understand what it says, because one, you don't want to get the order wrong. You know, two, you don't want to you really don't want to be that fucking that person that's bothering the the doctor and fucking calling them. And, you know, if it's absolutely necessary, being like, hey, what did you write right here? Dude, I've seen nurses get yelled at for that shit. But if you don't know and you're not sure, then fucking call them. OK, <laughs> I say that straight up. Just do it because you don't want to fuck with anything like that. But it is an inconvenience. OK. And the sad thing is, is that I feel like my handwriting has gotten like that because I'd be so busy and I started looking at my scribble scratch um, and I started noticing that my handwriting has gotten worse and it just starts to look like that more and more and more whenever I'm putting in like uh, when I'm when, whenever I'm writing orders or putting in different things, um, it's starting to get worse. <laughs> so maybe it's just something that you that you learn. I don't I don't know. But yeah, um, and Another thing that I ended up learning too is that I I was like, I was so stoked with that job that I was like, yo, I want to, you know, I want to be able to pay off all my, all my debt. I want to be able to, to afford some nice things and to, you know, to, you know, to do, to do what I could do to get myself financially stable. Um, so I was picking up doubles. I tried doing that and it was, you know, one, it's like, it's like sort of rough at first when you start doing them, but then you start to get used to it. But then I realized after my first check that I didn't make shit. Okay. That first, <laughs> that, you guys know what I'm talking about. That first check after you, if you like, if you just do one double, okay. If you just pick up one extra shift, you just do one double. Okay. It'll feel like you only got $50 extra on your fucking check or maybe a hundred bucks extra. It does not because you're just getting hit with taxes. It's so you gotta you gotta be doing multiple doubles. Um, so I learned that the hard way. Um, yeah, dude, there's so many things I wish that someone talked about or that someone spoke with me about before I fucking did all this shit. Because I hear people do these, I hear people freaking give all this like nursing advice and shit, and it's just I don't know, dude. There's like an, there's there's like this unspoken rule in these unspoken languages and these things that just you don't learn from a book you know but if you talk to the right people that have all the experience um in the world you know you start to learn it you start to learn it you start to understand it and things become easier and you you know you reduce the risk of making those mistakes um yeah it, it's uh, guys you know it's it, that job was rough dude i'm getting anxious just thinking about it right now and how much time i spent there but you know it was good training because when i got my second job um dude it was like you know when i got my second job um i got hired into um into an actual hospital and uh strangely enough they ended up bringing me into their new grad program and we're all saying that some of those programs are long and they do all this training yep that one did it it they gave you 30 days you got fucking this and you got this training you know they gave you know that you got this training for 30 days you had a 
you had a preceptor, you had someone, you had someone you can contact anytime. If you had a question about anything, they didn't put you out on your own. You had, you know, you were, you were, you know, they were like holding your hand. They put, they put some training wheels on your ass and they would have you like, what they would do is, so when you start to get off all your, cause we had to do like, um, they made us do this thing where we retrained. Um, we, we basically did the whole nursing book. We retrained in all the procedures, IVs, all that good stuff. Um, <clears throat> we retrained in all that um, as as far as lecture goes, because they had a sitting class and they were going over everything, make sure we didn't forget anything. And they went over procedures with us to practice. And you had to get signed up. It was like nursing school, dude. It was legit. It was like legit confidence builder. And you felt more competent. You're like, oh, I could do this. But since I already did it and I already knew this shit, it was like, it wasn't it wasn't as great as experience as it should have been for me, but I'm sure the other people that were actually new grads, um, were fucking having a blast. They're like, Oh yeah, I love being a nurse. Um, but, um, they basically would, when you'd start to work, cause they put you on your own. And then during this, after your 30 days, start to put you on your own and you got two months. Okay. You got fucking two months. That's 60 days, dude. You got 60 days where you're on you're training on the job you're training dude they got you you don't even have your own set of patients okay you share the patients with another nurse that's training you because they are the um i forgot what they call it they're like whatever specialty you're in they're like the clinical whatever um it's like their clinical specialty and then you get them as your preceptor and they give you like they have their five patients or six patients and then they go here how many can you take they're like oh man i think i take like one <laughs> i think i could take three and you know you tell them how comfortable they are and they give you those patients and they try to give you easy ones or if they're a dick they'll give you hard ones <clears throat> and then they you know they they let you get into your own rhythm get into your own flow understand how everything works get used to the charting system with whatever they're using um it, they train you pretty damn well okay I'll, I'll say that they train you pretty damn well they don't just throw you out there and hope that you are going to you're going to to flourish okay you know you're gonna be like oh yeah i got this i got this nah but because i came from the fucking i'm gonna call it the battlegrounds because i came from the battlegrounds i already had all this freaking crazy ass experience and i was already used to like you know i was going from freaking 20 patients i was going from 20 patients taking admits passing meds um you know doing code greens uh like you know uh code blues shit you know like i was like already doing that for about eight or nine months and then i come to this you know i come to this like awesome ass hospital and they gave me this bomb ass training and you know i did learn you know i did find it helpful and i did find it useful and i thought it was awesome that they that they offer you know a new grad program like that but then like when they put me on the unit and the nurse that i got they were asking me to, you know, what I felt comfortable with taking patients and they were trying to show me how to chart. And then, you know, I wasn't a dick and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I fucking got this. I'm gonna, you know, this is fucking easy. No, I wasn't, I wasn't like that. I was like pretending like I didn't know. I was like, oh, it's like this, you know, cause I didn't want to come off as that, that idiot, you know what I mean? Or that asshole. Um, but then after like a week, I was already fucking doing all their patients. You know, I took all six of their patients and I was getting their med passes done. I was getting their charting done. I was doing procedures. I was calling like the doctor. And then, um, you know, and I was like, 
and I think that's why, because one of the things is that the job that I was at, the hospital that I was at, um, they like to pick from the place that I used to work at, the battlegrounds, because they, I, you know, like most of the most of the nurses came from there. And the reason I know why they were choosing them from there is because since if you can handle like a shit fest, um, like a tough ass shift, then they know you could fucking handle anything on the floor that's at that facility because it's more controlled. It's more. It's more controlled. There's a. It's a lot safer. You have more backup. You have more. You have more resources to use. Um, so it's like cake. Um, that's what it was when I when I started there, and I was like, man, this job is the greatest job in the world. And I was there for a while because I was so comfortable there. Um, but yeah, it, it was like that. That training from the first job did come in handy. Um, I even you know learning the computer system that wasn't a hard part for me at the second job because. You know, one, I was already versed in computers, you know, two, um, it wasn't that difficult to use. Uh, and, you know, I type pretty quick, I guess. Um, I'd say average, a little bit faster than average, maybe. Um, but it didn't take me long to chart stuff down. I wasn't hunting, hunting and pecking for keys on the keyboard. So I can get stuff done freaking quick when I needed to um, when I was there. Um, and, yeah, dude, and I remember that first that first month in, you know, I mentioned like, they like, they sort of took me off of, they took me, they took me off of, um, off of my new grad orientation a little bit early. And I think it's because the, the charge sort of saw like, oh, dude, you can handle your own pay. What the hell are you doing? And so I couldn't get away with it anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. I'll take my own patience now. But the other new grad dude, she was freaking like, she, you, she used that shit. She was like, she used it to all with for all the time that they, you know, that they offered. She freaking used that time efficiently. And and she did, you know, she was able to to use all that time for her new grad, use all her resources and all that, which is really fucking awesome. Shit, I wish I was able to do that. I probably would have learned a little bit more, you know, stuff I didn't know. Um But yeah, you guys, you know, one thing is if when you get that first nursing job, make sure you know, if you can, okay, not everyone gets that choice. If you can find one that has an actual new grad program that's pretty good like you know as like where they it's dude it's about the training <laughs> it's about the training dude when you're when you're gonna you don't want to you want to get hired on fucking icu and then have to be forced to learn how to fucking use their charting system and learn and like try to remember fucking procedures uh you know and what protocol is um and acuity assessments all that shit you don't want to have to fucking learn that shit in like one week you want you want it you want it to be pretty damn good where you know you feel safe you feel competent you know you can check for resources you know you can look for resources um on how to do it that's that's the thing dude that's that's the one thing i will emphasize is that it was beneficial if you were to get into a new grad program okay but i guess the way i learned is when they just threw me into the water and they're like go you know i didn't want to quit either you know i, I don't like being that person that's like oh i can't do it i'm gonna fucking quit nah dude you know, I, I worked for this. I need to maintain this job. And it's just sort of proving myself I can fucking do it. Anyways, I've been talking too long because my throat's starting to hurt. And um, I need to spend some time just relaxing because uh, work's been long. Anyways, um, you know, hope you guys enjoyed that. You guys have a great day. Um, have a great weekend just in case I don't come back on to do another podcast because I might be busy. Um, but good night, everyone. <laughs>